dedicated up. All right. We, the people of the United Nations, determined this charter of the United Nations to save succeeding generations from the scourge of war, which twice in our lifetime has brought untold sorrow to mankind, and to reaffirm number two, faith in fundamental human rights, in the dignity and worth. Of the human person, and equal rights of men and women, and of nations large and small, and to establish conditions. Number three, under which justice and respect are the obligations rising, justice and respect arising from treaties. And other sources of international law can be maintained, and to promote social justice, social progress, and better standards of life, and larger freedom. And for these ends, to practice, unite, and ensure, and employ, to practice tolerance. And live together in peace with one another as good neighbors, and two, to unite our strength, strength to maintain international peace and security, and to ensure by the acceptance of principles and institution of methods, methods that armed force shall not be used. Save in common interest, and employ international machinery for the promotion of the economic and social advancements of all people. Mm-hmm. That armed for to ensure by the acceptance of principles, whose. And the institution of methods by whom that armed force shall not be used. Said by who, for who, by who, blah, 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 blah. Save in common interest. All right, I'll just keep listening. To employ international machinery for promotion of economic and social advancement of all peoples. Machinery. Was it AI? Have resolved to combine our efforts to establish these aims. I spell it A I M A S. Accordingly, our respective governments, through representatives, what like Pelosi, assembled in the city of San Francisco. Yeah, that's her city. Who have exhibited their full powers, like the nine choirs, powers found to be in good and due form, have agreed to the present charter of the United Nations and do hereby establish an international organization to be known as the United Nations. Chapter one: Purposes and Principles. P and P. Article one. The purposes of the United Nations are what? One, two, three, four. All right. One, to maintain international peace and security, and to that end, to take effective collective measures. We're gonna measure for the prevention and removal of threats to the peace. All right. And four. The suppression of acts of aggression and other breaches of the priests, okay. and to bring about and to bring about by peaceful means and in conformity with the principles of justice and international law. 
adjustment or settlement of international disputes or situations which might lead to a breach of the peace. Two, to develop friendly relations among nations based on respect for the principle of equal rights. I don't know about that. And self-determination of peoples. And to take other appropriate measures to strengthen universal peace. So general. Number three, to achieve international cooperation in solving international problems of economic social, cultural, or humanitarian character. Uh And in promoting and encouraging respect for human rights. And for fundamental freedoms, fundamental freedoms, what's fundamental freedoms? Define it. For all, without distinction, as to race, sex, language, or religion, and, number four, to be a center, uh center of attention, for harmonizing the actions of nations in the attainment of these common ends. All right, article two, the organization and its members, there's that member thing again, in pursuit of the purposes with a capital P stated in article one shall act in accordance with the following P principles one two three four five six seven the organization number one is based on the principle of the sovereign equality of all its members with a capital M mm-hmm. everybody's equal in sovereignty I guess that's what you think. Number two, all members, mm -hmm, in order to ensure to all of them the rights and benefits resulting from membership shall fulfill in good faith the obligations assumed by them in accordance with the present charter. Number three, all members shall settle their international disputes by peaceful means in such a manner that international peace and security and justice are not endangered. Okay. Number four, all members shall refrain from their international relations from the threat or use of force against the territorial integrity or political independence of any state or in any manner inconsistent with the purposes of the United Nations. Number five, all members shall give the United Nations every assistance in any action it takes in accordance with the present charter. And shall refrain from giving assistance from, uh, and shall refrain from giving assistance to any state against which the United Nations is taking preventive or enforcement action. Uh, sounds familiar. Well, that's an anathema. Six, the organization shall ensure that states which are not members of the United Nations Act in accordance with these principles so far as may be necessary for the maintenance of international peace and security. Number seven, nothing contained in the present charter shall authorize the United States to intervene in matters which are essentially within the domestic jurisdiction of any state you're going to clarify that line right there. Or shall require the members to submit such matters to settlement under the present charter. But this principle shall not prejudice the application of enforcement measures under Chapter 7. 
It's going to be long, people. <clears throat> Chapter 2. Membership. Yeah, let's talk about membership. Article 3. Let's see if I even want to sign it. The original members of the United Nations shall be the states which, having participated in the United Nations Conference on International Organization at San Francisco, or having previously signed the declaration by United Nations of January 1st, 1942, signed the present charter and ratify it in accordance with Article 110. Article 4, number 1 and 2. 1. Membership in the United Nations is open to all other peace-loving states which accept the obligations contained in the present charter and in the judgment of the organization are able to and willing to carry out these obligations. Number two, the admission of any such state to the membership in the United Nations will be affected by a decision of the General Assembly, GA, upon the recommendation of the SC Security Council. Security Council recommends you to the general. Uh, and then the, the Security Council will recommend you and the General Assembly will decide whether you will be admitted to membership of the UN. Great. Number five. A member of the United Nations against which preventive or enforcement action has been taken by the Security Council. Oh, they're the ones at the club too. See, they're like the bouncers. May be suspended from the exercise of the rights and privileges of membership by the General Assembly upon the recommendation of the Security Council. The exercise of these rights and privileges may be restored by the Security Council. Again, just like a bouncer club. Article 6. A member of the United Nations, which has persistently violated the principles, with a capital P, contained in the present charter, with a capital C, may be expelled. Are we in school? From the organization by the General Assembly upon the recommendation of the General, the Security Council. Get it. Chapter 3. Organs. Organs? I got some. I don't know. I'm not going to give them up. That's all I got to say. Donating no organs. Sorry. Don't ask me why right now. Just don't. Number one and two, there are <clears throat> established as the principal organs of the United Nations. Maybe he's talking about musical organ. All right, great. A general assembly, a security council, and economic and social council. ESC, economic social council. You take the economy, cha-ching, and social, mwah. You put them together. Economic, cha-ching, mwah, council. A trusteeship. Ooh, on the love boat. Don't ask me about the words. That's all I can hear. That's all I remember. A trusteeship council. You trust me? No, no, no. I gotta find it. An international court of justice. You want a court? We have an ICJ. International court of justice. And what do you do? Shorthand over there? Come here. Come here. I need a secretariat. Yes. Secretary of Divine Mercy. Apostle of Divine Mercy. Number two. Such subsidiary organs as may be found necessary may be established in accordance with the present charter. Keep this like a biblio, biblio with you. Okay, great. Quick notes reference. Char- Article 8. The United Nations shall place no restrictions 
on the eligibility of men and women to participate in any capacity and under conditions of equality in its principal and subsidiary organs. Okay, great. Chapter 4. The General Assembly. Composition, Article 9. 1 and 2. The General Assembly shall consist of all the members of the United Nations. It's almost like a body. Number two, each member shall have not, not more than five representatives in the GA. GA means, talk to the hand, five representatives, functions and powers. Ooh, there you go, functions and powers. Which choir is that part of? The middle one? I think so. Article 10. The GA General Assembly may discuss any questions, requests, or any matters, whatever matters to you, within the scope of the present charter or relating to the powers and functions of any organs provided for in the present charter and except as provided in Article 12, may make recommendations to the members of the United Nations or to the Security Council, or to both on any such questions or matters. You got a question? Yeah. Directly head for the UNSC. All right, go talk to security. Chapter 11, 1, 2, 3, 4. The General Assembly may consider the general principles of cooperation and the maintenance of international peace and security, including the principles governing disarmament. Oh, this is one I'm going to read. And the regulation of armaments. Get it. Disarm and regulate. And may make recommendations with regard to such principles to the manner members, to the members, or to the Security Council, or both. Can I get a member or security? Number two, about my arm and disarm. Number two, the GA General Assembly may discuss any questions relating to the maintenance of international peace and security brought before it by any member of the United Nations. Anybody, anybody, any member, any member. M-E. A-me, anybody. A member. Okay. Or by the Security Council or by security. A state little s, which is not a member of the United Nations in accordance with Article C, Article 35, paragraph 2, except as provided in Article 12. But you got to do 12 first. May make recommendations. Prerequisites read before you come with your questions. FAQ, we got you. May make recommendations with regard to any such questions to the state or states concerned or to the Security Council, or to both. Any such questions on which action, which action is necessary, shall be referred to the Security Council by the General Assembly, either before or after discussion. We like discussing things here. Number three, the GA General Assembly may call the attention of the Security Council to situations which are likely to endanger international peace and security. In danger. Are you in danger? Number four, the powers of the GA General Assembly set forth in this article shall not limit the general scope of Article 10. All right, that comes first. All right, finally, Article 12. One and two, while the Security Council is exercising in respect of any dispute or situation, the functions assigned to it in the present charter, the General Assembly shall not make any recommendation with regard to that dispute or situation unless the Security Security Council so requests. Can it? Our request got to go through security. Number two. Order of chain of command. The general sec uh, the secretary dash general S G S G sick gen. The secretary general with the consent 
of the Security Council shall notify ASG. You're going to notify the GA, General Assembly. Oh, you get to go notify? Okay. With the consent. Oh, got it. See, you still got to go through. Security. With the consent of Security Council shall notify the General Assembly at each session of any matters. It's kind of being like an auction job. Raise your hand. Security. And security spots you and be like, okay, your turn. At each session of any matters relevant, keep it, please, to the maintenance of international peace and security, which are being dealt with by the Security Council and shall similarly notify the General Assembly or the members of the United Nations if the General Assembly is not in session. Yeah. Immediately, the Security Council ceases to deal with such matters. All right, once security hands you over, you're handed over. Article 13, oh boy. One and two, not too bad. Oh, but stipulations of one A and B. One, the GA General Assembly shall initiate studies. Oh, we get to study something. And make recommendations for the purpose of, what's the purpose? A, B, A, promoting international cooperation in the political. Hey, we're starting to read on the political philosophy. We're we're prepped out. We're prepped out. We're, We're prepped out. We're prepping. In the political field and in courtaging, courtaging, like your heart, courage, bravery, and encouraging cheerleader, the progressive hundreds? No, we don't really need no hundreds. Development of international law and its codification. <gasps> codification. Computer codes? I know it's advanced so far now. B. Promoting it with threading. International cooperation in where? The economic, social, cultural, ooh la la, educational, and health fields, health, and assisting in the realization of human rights and fundamental freedoms for all without distinction as to race, sex, language, or religion. Say that one more time. B. Promoting international cooperation in the economic, social, cultural, educational, and health fields. And assisting in the realization of human rights. Human rights and fundamental freedoms for all without distinction as to race, sex, language, or religion. Number two. Step two, the further responsibilities, functions, and powers of the General Assembly. Ooh, furthermore, we got other things responsible for. Functions and powers with respect to matters mentioned in paragraph 1B above are set forth. You want to know more? In chapters IX and X. Was that? 9 and 10. Got it. Keep reading. You want to skip forward? Go there. Forward. Article 14. Fortnite. Subject to the provisions of Article 12 back there, the General Assembly may recommend measures for the peaceful adjustment of any situation, regardless of origin, which it deems likely to impair the general welfare or friendly relations among nations, including situations resulting from a violation of the provisions of the present charter, setting forth the purposes and principles of the United Nations. Article 15. 1. The General Assembly shall receive and consider annual and special reports from the Security Council. These reports once a year and anything special, okay? These reports shall include an account of the measures 
that the Security Council has decided upon or taken to maintain international peace and security. Yeah, what you've been up to. Standards report number two. We love those. The General Assembly shall receive and consider reports from the other organs of the United Nations. All right. We generally assemble together, consider the other organs of the United Nations. Article 16, the General Assembly shall perform such functions with respect to the international trusteeship system as are assigned to it under chapters XIII is 12 and XIIII 13, including the approval of the trusteeship agreements for areas not designated as strategic. Oh, there's strategy and then there's other stuff. Agreements. Mm-hmm. Article 17. The General Assembly shall consider and approve the budget of the organization. <clears throat> All right. We generally gather, assemble to approve the cha-ching. Number two. The expenses of the organization shall be borne, B-O-R-E-N, by the members as apportioned by the GA General Assembly, as we agreed when we assembled. Number three, the General Assembly shall consider and approve any financial and budgetary arrangements with specialized agencies. Go refer to it in Article 57 and shall examine the administrative budgets of such specialized agencies with a view to making recommendations to the agencies concerned. Yeah, what we think about when we assembled, we recommend. Voting. How do we vote? Article 18. One, two, three, simple. Each member of the General Assembly shall have one vote. All right? If you own 10 houses, you don't get 10 votes. Number two. Decisions of the General Assembly on important questions shall be made by two-thirds majority of the members present. Well, that's just minimal. And voting. These questions shall include recommendations with respect to the maintenance of international peace and security. The election of the non-permanent members of the Security Council. Oh, there's permanent and non-permanent. Temporary, maybe. The election of the members of the Economic and Social Council. The election of members of the Trusteeship in accordance with paragraph 1C of Article 86. 86. The omission of new members to the United Nations, the suspension of the rights and privileges of membership, the expulsion of members. I don't want to talk about it, but hey, it happens. Questions relating to the operation of the trusteeship system and budgetary questions. Number three, decisions on other questions, including the determination of additional categories of questions to be decided by the two-thirds majority shall be made by a majority of the members present and voting. Majority rules. Article 19, a member of the United Nations, which is in errors, how do you spell that? A-R-R-E-A-R-S, rears in the payment of its financial contribution to the organization shall have no vote. You don't pay, you don't vote. Gotta pay to play. In the General Assembly, if the amount, it's like poker, or Texas Hold'em, of its arrears equals or exceeds the amount of the contributions due from it for the preceding full, for the preceding two full years. You got two full years of grace, period. The General Assembly may otherwise permit such a member to vote if it is satisfied that the failure to pay is due to conditions beyond the control of the member. Well, that's considerate of them. Hey, what's up? Procedure. Article 20. The General Assembly shall meet in regular annual, every once a year, sessions 
and in such special sessions as occasion may require. Got any fires to put out, anybody? No? This is Pharaoh's rule, people. This is what Pharaoh did once a year. Come here. Let me listen to you. To the Immaculate Virgin Mary, Mariae Immaculatae Regini Cor Redemptrix of Mankind Generis Humani Corredentrici Mediatrix of Every Grace Omnis Gratiae Mediatrixi, Mother of God, Dei Genetrici, Queen of Angels and Men, Angelorum Hominuque Regine, Patroness and Queen of the Franciscan Orders. Franciscanorum Ordinum Patronae Ech Regine as a perpetual oblation in perpetuam oblationem. Introduction St. Francis of Assisi lived from 18... I'm sorry, 1182 to 1226 after day or after whatever, AD. Since his death, so like uh, 1,182 years after Jesus' death to about 1,226 years. Interesting. 1,200 years. Since his death, St. Francis has been acclaimed by the popes as a thoroughly Catholic and apostolic man and praised by many of the faithful as one of the greatest saints of the Roman Catholic Church. Why has he rebuilt it? In recent times, Pope Pius XI, in the encyclical letter, Rite Expiatis, April 13, 1926 A.D., confirmed this saying, if some dare to compare one with another, the heavenly heroes of sanctity, destined by the Holy Ghost, each to his own special mission among men, these comparisons the fruit, for the most part, of party passions, are valueless, and are at the same time an insult to God, the author of sanctity. It seems necessary for us to affirm that there are has never been anyone in whom the image of Jesus Christ and the evangelical manner of life shone forth more lifelike and strikingly than in St. Francis. He who called himself the herald of the great king was also rightly spoken of as another Jesus Christ. appearing to his contemporaries and to the future generations almost as if he were the risen Christ. He has always lived as such in the eyes of men and so will continue to live for all future time. Nor is it marvelous that his early biographers, contemporaries of this, the saint, in their accounts of his life and works, judged him to be of a nobility almost superior to human nature itself. Our predecessors, who dealt personally with Francis, did not hesitate to recognize in him the providential help sent by God for the welfare of Christian peoples and of the church.
Reference number two. Francis was born in either the summer or autumn of 1182 AD and received the name John at his baptism. Being a merchant who frequented France, his father named him Francis. His mother raised him to be a devout Roman Catholic. He attended the cathedral school in Assisi and went on to help his father in his work as a cloth merchant. After a short service in the military, on behalf of Assisi, St. Francis was captured by her rival, the city of Perugia, and imprisoned for a year. When released, he returned home in invalid. During a long sickness, God weaned his heart from this world, and soon he took up the habit of spending long hours in prayer. One day in January of 1206 AD, St. Francis paid a visit to San Damiano. a decrepit church on the outskirts of Assisi. There he knelt in prayer before an ancient icon depicting Christ crucified with Our Lady and Saint John standing beneath his right arm. Suddenly a voice came forth from the icon and said, Francis, go and rebuild my church, which, as you can see, is falling into ruin. Afterwards, St. Francis resolved to obey our Lord and set quickly to work repairing that old church. In the three years that followed, St. Francis went on to repair two other churches San Pietro della Spina in the countryside south of Assisi and Santa Maria d'Agli Angeli also known as the Portiuncula in the plain below the town during this time St. Francis lived the life of a hermit. It was at Portiuncula on the feast of St. Matthias, the Apostle Matthew. February 24, 1208 AD, that St. Francis began the religious life for which he is famous while attending Mass. He listened intently to the priest and as, as he read the gospel, quote, taking nothing with you on the way, neither gold nor silver, unquote. After mass, St. Francis asked the priest to explain the meaning of this reading. Thereupon the cleric described to him the life Christ taught to the apostles. At this, St. Francis exclaimed, quote, This is what I want. This is what I long for with all my heart. From that day, St. Francis began living simply and literally the religious life which Christ taught in the gospel. Soon, Devout Catholic men joined him 
and they began preaching penance to the people throughout central Italy, France, Spain, Germany, England, Palestine, and Hungary. He himself went on pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela. During these early years, and later in 1219 AD, moved by a desire for martyrdom, St. Francis journeyed to accompany the soldiers of the Fifth Crusade, 1218 to 1221 AD at Damietta, Egypt. On his return, he did much to improve the discipline of his fledgling order, and in 1223 AD, 1223, retired to the hermitage of Fonte Colombo in Italy to write the rule of the Friars Minor. St. Francis is particularly noted for the extraordinary and singular grace which Jesus Christ gave him on the morning of September 14, 1224 AD, while he was at prayer on Mount Alverna in Italy. He saw a seraphim come down from bearing the image of the crucified from the five wounds of which beams of light radiated, shone forth upon his own hands and feet and side. It was then he received the stigmata, which bled profusely for the next three years of his life. Of this extraordinary gift, Saint John of the Cross, the Carmelite doctor of the church, writes in the second redaction of the entitled Living Flame of Love. 1586 to 91 AD. Bookmark. Living Flame of Love, LFL. LF. Of L. Let us return to the work of the Seraphim. I use Febreze fabric compressor every day to make my home smell amazing. On my bed, my couch, my jacket or jeans, in between washes, even shoes. Febreze doesn't cover up odors with scent, but five steps and freshen. Over 1,000 uses. Febreze fabric refresher. To quote Roman numeral 2, 13 of Living Flame of Love, let us return to the work of the Seraphim for he truly inflicts a sore and wounds inwardly in the spirit. Thus, if God sometimes permits an effect to extend to the bodily senses in the fashion in which it existed interiorly, the wound and sore appears outwardly, as happened when the seraphim wounded St. Francis. When the wound, when the soul is wounded with love by the five wounds of Christ, the effect extends to the body and these wounds are impressed on the body and it is wounded 
just as the soul is wounded with love. God usually does not bestow a favor. upon the soul without. God usually does not bestow a favor upon the body without bestowing it first and principally upon the soul. So much the greater is that produced by the wound outside on the body. And when there is an increase in one, there is an increase in the other. Last paragraph. St. Francis passed to his eternal reward on Saturday, October 3rd, 1226 AD during the recitation of Vespers. Both in life and death, he worked a great number of miracles, especially for the infirm and those overcome by sudden disasters. In his short life, St. Francis founded three religious orders, one for religious brothers and priests, the Order of Friars Minor, one for religious women, the poor Clares. C-L-A-R-E-S. One for laymen and women who wish to sanctify their daily lives in the A spirit of Christian poverty and prayer. P&P. The third order. T-O. Two. The third order. Period. In his own day, more than 5,000 men had joined the Friars Minor. FM. Today, the number of men who observe St. Francis's rule, SFR, numbers over 35,000. The number of poor Clares is over 1,000. Wow, that's a big, great difference. And the number of laymen and women in his third order is well over one million. St. Francis also was responsible for introducing and fostering many devotions and practices that have characterized R.C. Roman Catholicism for the last 800 years. Eucharistic Adoration, EA, devotion to the IVM, Immaculate Virgin Mary, the C, Christmas, and C, little C's, Christmas carols, devotion to CP, Christ's Passion, public preaching, and the promotion of the life of devotion and good works among the laity. The popes have made St. Francis patron of the CA Catholic action of Italy and of the environment. He is also a most powerful patron for those seeking to repent of their sins and vices. His feast day is October 4. His tomb at Assisi, Italy is one of the centers of pilgrimage in the Catholic world. And so we have our three big recommended readings that are coming up. First, for a good adventure by St. Bonaventure. The Life of St. Francis is the title. Next, The Little Flowers of St. Francis. He has one too. Third by G.K. Chesterton. St. Francis of Assisi.
and we will do it like a catwalk. Be back later. Thank you. Okay, I can't choose. There's too much good stuff. Today is August 10th, Thursday. Oh, it's August 10th. Well, ain't that interesting. Today we are celebrating the feast of St. Lawrence. But I want to talk about gold and the plundering Egyptian gold concept that I've never heard of, but apparently is a thing. Christianity and culture. See, see. See who? Peter Thomas Elliot Gonzaga. Socratic group. Gut no club. Friday, March 21st, 2014. Can we get an early church father in here? Sure. Tertullian in his De Prescriptione Herecticorum states, translate that? Sure. What has Athens to do with Jerusalem? What kind of question is that? Well, throughout church history, many have tried to better understand the relationship philosophy has with theology. Philo, Theo. Some condemn the use of philosophy in theology, and some applaud it. Some use philosophy apologetically. No need to apologize. Others use it to help formulate a better understanding of the nature of God. This conversation, though, is one of a larger. The real conversation at hand is how do Christians interact with culture? How does the natural order of the world and its societies, which it produces, interact with Christianity? Tertullian's question could very easily be changed to say, quote, what has uh, Hollywood media to do with Jerusalem? We'll find out when we come back. Thank you very much. We tried. Bye-bye. <laughs>